0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of A Wrong Term Memory. My name's Colin. And my name's Jack. And following on from the last episode where we discussed quite a bit about reality TV and Jeremy Kyle and some of the the nasty and not so nice bits of television we thought we'd go back in time and look at some nostalgia, which is going to be a big part of this podcast going forward. And for today's batch of that, it's children's TV and memories of children's TV that we remember fondly and we like to look back on. So Jack, start with you. What kind of strikes a chord for you, what, what jumps out for you in your memories
1: when you think about good children's TV? Oh, good children's TV show, Like we'll get to the cartoons later I suppose, but Micah Grove was probably the, the thing that I watched most as a 8, 9, 10, 11 year old, probably watched it for about 5 or 6 years, around about that age, and like kids TV drama rather than your, your cartoons, I think it was a Tuesday and a Thursday maybe? That Baker what? Grove uh, would have been on after either forced herself to watch Newsround or didn't watch it and done something else until Baker Grove come on. But Anton Dick were PJ and Duncan, and it many years ago, and they're probably the first two that I'd remember alongside Donna Ear would have been in it, who was a yeah. sort of lad's mag favourite for for a couple of years when when she grew up a bit. Baker Grove. Kind of dealt with adult issues, problems, but framed it as a, a kids' TV show, and I suppose that's the way that kids learn because there's some things that you would never really want to speak to your, your parents about, yeah, pregnancy, illness, disability, and stuff like that. So for a TV show to not stick it down your throat, but it was there. PJ got shot in the face with a paintball, went blind, and. For a season or two, he was come to sort of terms with his blindness and, uh, like, sort of dealing with disability was something that I think they'd done quite well. Uh, Flora, who I had a real soft spot for uh, when I was younger, I think her name was Kerry Ann Christensen, she got a brain tumour. Jeff, the guy, the guy in the wheelchair, sort of, that ran Baker Grove, he died in a fucking gas explosion, man, you know, like, they were attacking these issues. Kind of showing you that life can be pretty shitty. Life can be unjust. Bad things happen to good people. But if you're not learning that from your parents, you've got to learn it from somewhere. You had three or four TV channels back then, so Baker Grove, I think, was it was good. It was fun at times, but it kind of did teach you serious life lessons, and you probably didn't know it at the youngster.
0: Yeah, definitely did. And when you and it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, like you said, and you heard this feature you knew that you were getting something decent because you've probably watched a bit of cartoons, you've maybe watched oh, that
1: is the a bit of, Yeah, you
0: maybe watched a little bit of some comedy stuff, some Chuckle Vision or something like that. But twenty five was pretty much the almost the grown up or the older kid version of children's T V. Yeah. And Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays was fucking Blue Peter, which I've never in my life made a kid that enjoyed But Tuesdays and Thursdays, you got Biker Grove, you got Green Chill, that we'll talk about in a minute, but you knew it was something that was a little bit better, a little bit more adult-focused and you were going to enjoy. And you're talking about a time when you didn't have as much access to media. There wasn't as much, there wasn't internet, there wasn't the open relationships of talking with parents the way kids do now. So it was really important shows like this showed that people were out there with the same issues that you had or issues that your friends had and kind of brought them to life for you so you could maybe understand them a little bit better. And it did a great, great job of that with loads of storylines, not just the PJ going blind or the brain tumour stuff. You also had the probably one of the first instances of a gay kiss um, on TV, never mind just on children's TV, um, when Gary went to the cinema with
1: um, naughty. it was.
0: Yeah. naughty. Yeah. yeah. And that must have done a hell of a lot for a section of viewership at that to see that, understand that. Unfortunately, it caused a fair bit of uproar. I remember going to school the next day and people laughing about it and having a bit of banter around it and all that. But even proper mainstream adult publications like The Sun newspaper, they
1: kicked up hell about it. They were really, really unhappy with it, Jack, weren't they? Yeah, I don't want to speak too much about The Sun, mate. It's one of the worst publications in Britain. It's vile. It's gone down the pan. A lot of mainstream media is so. I'm behind that, don't buy The Sun, it's toilet paper, it's fish and chip paper. Doesn't surprise me that they got pissed off about it back in the day when, obviously, the Baker Grove writers were just trying to basically show kids, look, it's fine, that can be gay, do what you want, it's okay, but The Sun and the readership would have found that offensive, I suppose, which is sort of dark agey stuff when you're thinking about it nowadays.
0: It's horrendous, but hey, this is the newspaper that when and Brown uh, came out as gay, they put it on the front page with the headline, and Brown mind bender. So, <laughs> right to be fair, that's What can you expect from them? Like, listen, they are dying. Like The, the idea of a, the whole concept of a newspaper to me is mental because a newspaper gets printed well, between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock on a night time, and people buy it from 8 o'clock the next morning, so you're, by the time it's printed, it's out of date. By the time you buy it, it's completely out of date. By the time you get a chance to read it, it's super out of date. So why there's still a thing, I just will never know. But thankfully, I don't think they're going to be a thing for much longer. You're seeing moves with Twitter and reputable news sites, things like The Athletic and stuff, where there is still space for decent journalism, but it's online, it's current, it's fast, and it's instant. Not in between
1: pictures of showbiz and celebrities and page three girls and stuff like that. Well, that, that, that's the thing, that people are willing to pay for good content. Good, good writing and good podcast. Which um, kind of reminds me. Next week, you're going to have to pay a pound for this show. By the way, guys, um, <laughs> just PayPal it straight to me, uh, Jack at wrongtermemory.com dot com. Obviously, I'm, I'm taking the piss but next year, yeah, people are willing to pay for good media, good writing. The sun is not that. Don't buy it again. Don't want yeah, too to bog down and too bog down in it. But um, actually, Ant and Dec, they, they PJ and Duncan obviously released songs, you know, let's get ready to rumble and stuff like that, as especially young heartthrobs, but not particular heartthrobs. They've made some career out of that, mate. Like, they are national treasures. I think they've won the National Television Awards 19 years in a row or something for like best host or best hosts in the American commas, So, everybody kind of loves them. And do you know what? Maybe it's because of the Becker Girl thing, but I find them really inoffensive and kind of likeable, you know? Like, I don't have any mate, bad thought about them.
0: No, mate, mate, they've won that award 19 years in a, row, in a row because they deserve it. They are mainstream Saturday night television presenters. Yeah. That's the mainstream TV. It's not necessarily the main TV that I want to be watching. It's not cutting edge. I'm not learning much from it. But in terms of entertainment and fun, they're as good as anybody. My wife loves them. She absolutely adores the two of them. I don't mind watching them. I can find them quite funny at times. Particularly on the Jungle Show. I think they're very, very funny on their bits to camera on that. The Saturday Takeaway Show can be quite interesting and fun as well. I think they're... The hidden camera thing
1: at. they do in that is quite funny, where they sort of yeah. like get people to do what they want, basically.
0: And I know, like obviously, ants had some issues with... Drink and uh, drugs and stuff, but he seems to be on the right track. But they seem to just inoffensive guys that
1: they seem good, good people, you know what I mean? then I'm quite happy for them. So, when you consider that they were in Baker Grove early 90s, you're talking nearly 30 years ago, they were in Baker Grove, and for both of them still to be on the telly and not be dead from drugs like to be that age 15, 16, be on the telly. There must have been offers. There must have been. I don't know, you've heard the rumors about the BBC. And what was happening? Fucking X, Y, and Z. There must have been offers to do, to do drugs, to do whatever, for them to get where they've got now. I mean, I've got a lot of kudos for them, man. Inoffensive. Don't go out my way to watch them, but it probably does start from from PJ getting shot in the face with a paintball. To be honest,
0: <laughs> probably. The the only other show I think that we could talk about that comes close to to that in terms of tackling the things that matter is probably Green Child Jack, which ran for even longer. That was 1978 to 2008 and 603 episodes. Phil Redmond, the guy that made Brookside and uh, was going to make Hollyoaks, thought about a drama set in a school, but it just became so much bigger than that. Over the years, that looked at things like racism, drugs, heroin, LSD, teenage pregnancy, HIV and AIDS, homosexuality, knife crime, homelessness, rape and sexual assault, mental illness, divorce, cancer, gun crime, child abuse, alcoholism, and even death. It literally, if you had an issue growing up, then someone in Green Hill at some point over those 40 years went through it as well. And that's a massively important thing as well. I think that a lot of kids sort of resonated with that and it helped them the way we did to Biker Grove as well. It maybe doesn't get the praise. I don't think it deserves, maybe, for some reason. I think people do think a Biker Grove has been better than it. But Green Shell, equally important for those same reasons, I think.
1: I've never watched a full episode of Green Shell, mate. So it's really good. I've never... Obviously, I know what it is. I know what it's about. But, no, it never fell into my my wheelhouse. You know, I obviously was a, a Biker Grove man. I wasn't a Peter i Peter Pan, that's not right, uh, Blue Peter. <laughs> uh, I was <laughs> never really into that, but yeah. my first week girlfriend at primary school, in like, P5 or P6, uh, Lassie called Jodie, she won a mountain bike on Blue Peter. I remember sitting, watching Blue Peter, like one of those times that I did watch it, and we used to have the big sack of fucking entries, and they put out 10 of them. This lassie's name came up, and I thought, right, there can't be that many Jodie like somethings no. So I phoned her, well, I now phoned her. I went in for her because I was only eight or nine. I went in for her chapter door. Did you watch Blue Peter there? Yeah, I've won a mountain bike. The mountain bike got delivered a couple of days later. She wouldn't, it's not that like she wouldn't give me a shot of it, but her dad was like a mad. They Christian, one of these guys that would like sing hymns and wouldn't let his kids be in classes that were speaking about Halloween and stuff like that, like a, like a proper out there Christian. He wouldn't let me take a shot of the bike in case, I don't know if he thought I was going to steal it or break it. Uh, so I dumped her. Boom. Deserved does, does
2: to okay.
1: Yeah, it wasn't her. It was her father. It was her father's fault. Uh, I did see her on Facebook a couple of years ago. She got about like five kids. So. Do I mean, avoided? Yeah. You you like this as well? Green show had a quite good Scottish stereotype.
0: We didn't have a lot of Scottish characters in the show, but they introduced one. It was a sinister Scottish bully. It was called Sean Pierce, and he carried a knife and slashed a classmate
1: in the face. That's um, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to slash people for a start. But uh, arse stabbing, I thought would have been a thing. Like I remember in, in school, people would stab you by a compass in the arse. Bullies, assholes, basically. Um, would stab you by a compass. I've been slashed at school, so... Um, oh, not
0: me neither, thankfully. It's Sean I Pierce. to avoid that one. Three famous characters from it that I, th- I think you'll vaguely remember or be aware of that went on to various different things, right? The first one is Todd Carty. You know who that is?
1: Last season, I've never watched it. mate. So no, not a clue.
0: So he was the kind of main star in the show when it first started. They played a guy called Tucker Jenkins. And he went on in future life to play Mark Fowler with AIDS in
1: EastEnders. I've never watched EastEnders as well, but <laughs> uh, I think I know this guy is just a guy that was in a relationship with, with Patsy or the, the red-haired girl. No.
0: Uh,
1: I'm not sure. I don't
0: know. No. Possibly. Another one who was on it was Zamo. Zamo was pretty famous because he became addicted to drugs on the show the show took that really seriously they had a song in the charts went to number one called just say no yeah. and he grew up to be a key cutter he works as a key cutter now and he was on the news last year moaning about the local tsb branch
1: and he's in his city closing down yeah key cuttings it's one of those things that you don't see many of like cobblers you know there's not a lot of cobblers kicking about anymore because there's no point in fucking fixing your shoes because you can buy a new pair for a, a fiver if you want i know you you We'd never do that, Calling you like your trainers, you know, you're a was it Yeezy's, Y3's. Uh, Yeezy's for me, I have got yeah. 12 or 13 pairs of Yeezy's,
0: I think. That's it's an addiction. But you're, you're that's a good point, those sort of jobs aren't a thing anymore. I example will be one of the last ones, I think. And then this one, because it kind of takes us back to this, the story about the Sun newspaper. John Alford played a guy called Robbie Wright, one of Ziggy's pals in the show, and he, got a, he grew up to become an actor as well and he got a, shoot, a job in the show London's Burning. Do you remember that? Yeah, about the fire brigade. He got sacked from that show right. because the news of the world fake chic caught him taking gear
1: at a night out. Oh, the fake chic that was kicking about. Right. Yeah, okay, remember I remember that? him. Did he not yeah. um, entrap football managers as well, like Sam Allardyce and stuff? Same guy? He, no?
0: Yeah, he did, he did all sorts of stuff. He was. I think there was more than one fake chic. I think there was a few of them. They did loads of stuff with hidden cameras and recording machines and stuff like that, and got a
1: lot of people in bother, including that boy who lost his job in London Burning because of it. Speak about the the fake sheiks, right? Were they like Arab guys, or was it was it like white guys with like black makeup on type thing? Like, I just don't understand. If you kind of fall for that. The the girl from that really bad crime group, Talisa. She get done with really a, a she fake did. Sheik as well. I just feel like if a fake Sheik's walking up to you, I suppose if you're a celebrity, it might happen. But a guy coming up dressed in full Arab gear just in the middle of fucking Glasgow or London like that. Hi, uh, my name's Sheik Mohammed. Is it? Is it fuck? Like You just think <laughs> you wouldn't fall for it. But again, maybe celebrities come across Sheik's more often than, than I do.
0: Oh, I mean, the guy that did it in me is a guy called Nazir Mahmoud. So he, he probably did look the part in some right, okay. way. He ended up in jail. He sent 15 months in jail for um, conspiracy to pervert the course of justice because of some of the stuff he was doing. But he did work for the News of the World for 20 years doing a kind of investigative journalism. He was involved in a dishes with the British Royals, George Galloway, cricket, Pakistani cricket football, the cricket team with their spot fixing controversy and all sorts of other stuff that he got involved in, but as usual with these tabloid people, he took it too far and found themselves in jail.
1: It's kind of got to the stage where investigative journalism then becomes just entrapment, where you are just yes. going out to say to, to Lisa, I'm pretty sure her name was, any chance you can get some cocaine please? And she phoned a dealer and that's her then classed as a dealer. Uh, that's... Legally, technically it is, but that's just fucking shit to do that to somebody that you you know worked in the grime scene who must know a million people that can get gear and inverted in commas for you and then to go and ask them and then camcorder and shit, it's just out of order. So I don't know if it was anything specifically to do with that case, but when you're doing spot fixing and there's millions of pounds or tens of thousands of pounds getting bet on it by syndicates, that's good journalism when you are just entrapping a fucking band member to get you a wee bit of weed or whatever. It's just out of order, man. It's shite. So, aye, stick him in jail, yeah. the cunt. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I need to apologise if I say cunt. Talk. It's, a, it's a Scottish thing, so if you're not from Scotland, don't take it the way it can sound or what it means in a lot of different places. It's just, it's just a word that I use a lot, so apologise.
0: What about something a little bit nicer? What about a wee cartoon kind of animal? What, what Which of them can uh, of what's
1: your boat Jack? I, I like penguins in general. I think penguins are pretty cool. Like last time I was at Edinburgh Zoo, that's all I wanted to see was the penguins. So, wee Pingu, I was kind of was kind of into him. As far as I can remember, every episode was was nearly the same. And Pingu was, a, to be honest, a bit of a pest. Like he was always getting in trouble and stuff like that. But I did find out the other day, his... Language in inverted commas and everything from i no, like, nope, no, nope. that's a real language, basically. Surely not. Kind of, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of subtext to it. It's the language used in like satirical Italian theatre. It's called, are you okay? it's kind of, it's termed as ad hoc gibberish, basically. <laughs> so on stage, if people are pretending to speak. Like in the background, whatever, they do this ad hoc. I like bananas or whatever. It's called grammar. Lot. Do you know all the voices in Pingu were done by that one Italian guy who used to work in Italian theatre? So he was like a proper expert at speaking grammar. Lot, basically. It's like, do you know how if you're watching a TV show and there's, there's extras in the background and they're obviously yeah. like, they're pretending to speak? It's kind of like that. Right, okay. Right, so, okay, that makes more sense.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised it's all the one guy doing it because Pingu and his dad's voices are very mm-hmm. different. So I would, I wouldn't have ever guessed it was just one guy doing it. But I suppose it's good for him royalties wise.
1: Yeah, it's just what it says it's that one, uh, one Italian. I can't remember if was a specific phrase that a few mouth um, without actually making noise. It looks like they're speaking, and a lot of extras use it in these shows. But as always. My memory <laughs> is brilliant, <neighbor laughs> but it's like, if you were to mouth something along the lines of, I like bananas and bananas like me, if you mouth that, it looks like you're speaking. So a lot of people will just, will do that as extras, but yeah, one Italian guy done this in Gram a lot. Do you know what was made in Switzerland, Pingu? Which seems like a bit of a, an odd random. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's very random. I'd never guessed that. Yeah, Switzerland, and for some reason I found out Pingu's birthday the other day. Coming up. <laughs> yeah. Why has Pingu even got a birthday? I don't know, but it's coming up soon twenty eighth October. So um oh, just nine days from now, a week or two from now, you can I've you can send Pingu an email. probably can't, but it's his birthday and he will be in his thirties, Pingu. So, yeah, it's good good to a penguin. Yeah. Have you ever heard
0: the Pingu rap song that was recorded by David Hasselhoff? Of course (laughs) not I I didn't think you would have I'm going to play you The best 40 seconds of your day Okay Here it comes
1: Pingu
2: Okay everybody This is the Pingu Prance I want everybody up To do The Pingu Dance My name is Pingu Come on dance to the beat It's easy if you try Just watch my feet Let's all be happy and have some fun Let's count to ten and start with one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven Eight, nine, ten, let's go to eleven Stomp
0: your feet and turn around Reach for the sky, now touch the ground Is there no end to that man's talents? Jack? He brings down the Berlin Wall almost single-handedly He launches one of the best TV shows of all time in Baywatch and he has a car that talks to himself and he produces the bingo rap
1: song. but what a guy oh, that's yeah. lovely and he he loves to eat burgers off of bathroom Uh-oh. floors do you remember that <laughs> yes yeah, burger gate yeah that was kind of like i can kind of get why you thought done that to shame him and to stop getting that pissed but no i'd, I'd never heard that before and he went up to 11. I don't know if you heard that.
0: Yeah, that's that's an unusual one to go to. It's almost like Spinal Tappy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, turn it all the way up to 11, yeah. When I say I was into Pingu, It just kind of because I like penguins. What cartoons were you into, mate? You must have been into cartoons as a youngster. Everybody was. Oh, I was into loads, mate. Um,
0: I remember them through TV tunes more than anything else. Then that, reminds me of the show. Right. So things like the Podding Bees, uh, the Raggy Dolls. But my, probably my favourite was Super Ted. In its own way, um, quite like Green Hill and Bikero before it was quite progressive because you might not think it, but Super Ted was the campest, gayest cartoon ever made. Its its main characters was a bear, a cowboy, a spotted dick, and a fabulous skeleton.
1: <laughs> so See, I was into I, Like I remember watching yeah. Super Ted and kind of been into it, but it, it never dawned on me that it was um, a wee gay teddy, to be honest
0: yeah, I mean, even as a kid, you could understand that the skeleton was meant to be kind of camp, Like you still to the old text, I can feel it in my bones, and the cowboy wears chaps the whole time, and the skeleton's always got his hand on his
1: hip and bone. No, I don't uh, see none of this daunting me at all, man. This is all news <laughs> to me.
0: Oh, it was super, I was super aware of this, but it was just a cracking TV show. I like it. I can remember the film shoot, I can remember the opening scenes and everything. It was just great. I loved Super Ted. The, the spotty man and all that sort of stuff it was brilliant also Banana Man was another one that was quite similar that I really
1: liked as well um, every time Eric ate a banana he became Banana Man do you remember him? I remember, I remember Banana Man yeah was that has that got undertones to it as well back in the day? don't think so I think no. it was just a, just a bit bananas
0: in terms of other stuff that I liked one one of the things that I, I genuinely think is hilarious and I, I could watch it now and still think it's hilarious is Vision. I do think like Almost um Paul and Barry Chuckle are children's version of one and Hardy, aren't
1: they? Yeah, they are. Or they were as one of them one of them not died recently.
0: Yeah, um Barry died this year, um, unfortunately. Paul's still about Paul's actually up a TikTok now, which is, just, which is a good laugh. Um, he's he good value in the old TikTok as Paul
1: Chuckle. Right, I don't have a TikTok, mate. I'm no, 35, i I'm not fucking fourteen, but
2: we still I'm not
0: um, missing out. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, Vision, um was really good. Like Even stupid stuff like they would fall into paint pots or they'd climb up hose pipes and fall off them and all that sort of stuff, but I'm 35, 36 next week, same as you, and if I'm ever helping somebody carry something, I'll never not say to me,
1: to you. To me, to you. Yeah, to be fair, man, that has um, that's stuck in everybody our age's vernacular, as opposed to it's- me, to you, yeah.
0: That will never go away. I'll, I'll love a light at the right old age. I'll still be doing that, I would imagine. 21 series and 292 episodes, Chuckle Vision managed to get. Funny thing about Chuckle Vision as well. everybody thinks about the two brothers, Paul and Barry. There's actually a third Chuckle Brother that was in most of the episodes as well. Ongoing sort of trend in the episodes where the two brothers would get a job working for somebody and they would mess it up and get sacked. Oh. And the person they inevitably would always end up working for was actually their brother in real
1: life, the, the third Chuckle Brother. I did actually know that, mate, but probably because we spoke about it in, in the past at some point, but that is something that, that I did know. It's kind of got this everlasting fun to it, you know? Like Mr. Bean, for example, It's the slapstick element, it's it's translatable. You don't particularly need to be able to understand what's happening. You can follow it visually. So, yeah, man, I remember Chuckle Vision. I remember quite enjoying it, and... Like I don't know if I'd still, I don't know if I'd still be right into it nowadays. Uh, whereas Mister Bean, I can still watch a Mister Bean. Like see that the Christmas episode where he's got his head stuck in that fucking in that turkey. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. still makes me laugh. Like when he's driving the the mini um, when he's using the fucking sweet and top of it with the the broomsticks to drive. That shit's funny, yeah. and it always will be funny. And that's why that's why these shows have got sort of worldwide appeal, basically. I can imagine ChocoVision being like big in Latvia or big in Lithuania because of the sort of slapstick <laughs> nature of it to be honest to you. So yeah man, uh, a lot of fun back to the
0: another one that I know you're a fan of, tell me your thoughts on this one when you hear this theme tune, Jack. Really
2: love it. Yes, the Rugrats.
0: Um, I think they were originally on Nickelodeon and found their way up to BBC eventually as well. This was a really good show and I really, really enjoyed it, but it's had a couple of recent updates to our stories about it, which kind of paint it a little bit of a different way when you think about
1: it, doesn't it? Yes, well, I don't particularly know how I was such a big fan of Rugrats because I didn't have Sky or Nickelodeon in my house. I didn't get Sky until I moved out, basically, until I was my late teens or sort of early twenties. Before I got Sky by myself, so I don't really know where I was watching Rugrats when I was younger. But it was on. They used to show it as part of Live and Kicking on the right, of the okay. morning. Right. Okay. So I would have seen it there. But it was fun, man. It was again. It's sort of I don't know what the term for it is, but culture was different back then. When this was getting made, you know, uh, Grandpa Boris. Was was Jewish, and they never made a secret of that. But he was definitely portrayed as having a big nose and wearing a big cross and stuff like that, big ears, which again is sort of, it was problematic back then, but not as sort of problematic as it would be seen nowadays. What are your thoughts on that, Colin? Like trying to judge old stuff by today's rules, basically.
0: I think it's a really difficult thing to get right because I think if you were to watch that now for the first time at our age now you would you would recognise that as being very, very off and I think you struggle to enjoy it but you watched it through more innocent eyes and you didn't appreciate the undertones of it because you were 10, you were 12, you were whatever age you were. So I don't think you should feel bad about enjoying something that brought you pleasure when you were younger. The person that made it and decided to draw him in that way although it was that time ago it still wasn't a, a good thing to be doing back then so they're the ones that I probably got the issue with but I wouldn't say it would spoil regrets for me or make me not want to watch it because I remember how much I enjoyed it as a kid and that's not going to change that for me although it is disappointing when you look back and see things like this it's there was no need for it it was an old granddad that was a bit doddery and a bit daft. He could have been drawn in any way and it would have worked. They huh. didn't have to go down it. what they chose to do didn't add anything to the story. It didn't link in with the storylines or the show. It was just some illustrator or some writer who thought that was funny and was that way inclined and chose to do that, which is not cool. But it doesn't spoil Rugrats for me. That's from my point of view.
1: Were you ever into the, the films or anything, like Rugrats go to Paris or anything like that, or... Were
0: you past it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. they came out a bit too late for me. I remember remember the TV show. I remember really enjoying the cartoon when it was on and stuff like that. But by the time the movies came out, (laughs) I was past it at that point and it wasn't for me. But I think they're quite critically acclaimed. I've got a few Funko Pops of them. I've got a Tommy Tommy and a Chucky Funko Pop somewhere in this room. Uh um, Which I would have picked up at the time because I liked the Rugrats and it gave me that sort of nostalgia the way that Funko Pops and that does. It's a bit of a fan theory about the Rugrats Babies and Angelica in particular, which I would probably suggest, that if it's true, would upset me and cause me more pain than the Grandpa stuff does, Jack.
1: These fan theories are always bananas. They're always a bit sort of messed up. You know, the, the, This one I think you're, you're getting at is that the Rugrats Babies that were just all a figment of Angelica's imagination... And this explains why Chucky's dad is always so sad. You know, he was a sad guy, and why Tommy's dad is like basically obsessed with making toys. That's what he done all the time, trying to cope with the deaths of their respective sons. And Angelica imagines that the the, the babies are still alive to well, help herself cope. Basically, fantasies are always sort of out the there. There's tons of them. There's ones about Saved by the Bell being a figment of somebody's imagination. There's, there's other ones that are just, it's just people thinking too much about shit. There's one about the Flintstones as well that the Flintstones isn't set in the past. It's a like post apocalyptic future where um, people need to build stuff using rocks rather than like <laughs> what we do nowadays. Because one episode, like a crossover episode where they met the Jetsons,
0: yeah, like so the Bedrock and where the Flintstones where was like this post up a couple like poor, but the rich people stayed in the Jetsons, but yeah, I did hear that one, which is also quite horrible thinking as well. But yeah, that, if, if that was to be the case, that's some deep deep shit for a a children's TV show. and I hope it's not the case.
1: Do you know all the babies and Rugrats were well voiced by women? I suppose it's not much of a surprise, really, when you think about it, because of the the pitch of a woman's voice. Bart Simpson and stuff like that's a woman as well, isn't he? It's just easier done. There's
0: there's a lot of myths and stuff about kids' TV, because the beauty of kids' TV back then was it was all adults making it, and they thought they could get little in-jokes in for themselves or for the parents watching it and stuff like that. And one of the, the biggest ones was Captain Pugwash, this was on the BBC between 1958 and 1967, so it was well, well, well before our time. However, a lot of the characters had kind of risky maritime names, oh, I such as some Master Bates, Seaman Stains, <laughs> um, Roger the Cabin Boy. Whereas when you actually look back and watch the episodes back, none of this is actually true. None of the none of the sailors or any of the characters had those names. You get Master Mate. You had Tom the cabin boy and you had Pirate Barnabas and Willie. So Willie was as close as it got to anything sort of risque, and people have just sort of leapt onto that and created these other characters. It's almost became factual in some people's brains that they remember Captain Bugworth and they remember Master Bates, they remember Seaman Stains, and none of it's true. It was never ever a thing. What what, what do you think of that sort of phenomenon?
1: It's it's not uncommon. There's a a supposed episode of Rainbow back in the day as well, where uh, yes. I can't remember the specifics, maybe you will, but it's meant to be really out there and risky, and it just doesn't exist. But it's became a common trope for people to see at the pub or see on it, podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it does exist. Like, it was made...
1: Um, bet it, it, sure. it was never released, Show
0: It pistic. was never on TV, mm. whereas people will promise you they sat and watched it on TV one day, which was never the case. But it was all full of sexual innuendo and Zippy, in particular, being a bit of a cretin. Um, but yeah, very, very funny. Um, it is on YouTube if you want to look at it, but it was never on TV, but people swear blind that it was. One that was true, The Magic Roundabout, and the amount of drug references in that show, Jack. So this was... Famously about a dog called Dougal, who had lots and lots of energy and addiction to sugar cubes.
1: Right, okay. <laughs>
0: he was asked on the show once about his addiction to sugar, sugar cubes, and he actually said it starts with just a couple of sweets, then you're on two bags a day.
1: <laughs> right. I knew there was um, some sort of link to like Stoners and stuff like that when it came to the magic roundabout, but I never realized I were talking about fucking by the sound of it. Getting addicted to fucking coke, or whatever. I don't know. That's what it sounds like, you know. You're taking a couple of yeah, and that. then suddenly you're, you're filling <laughs> them. Mm.
0: That, that was Dougal. Um, he had a best friend on the show called Dylan, who was a rabbit who played guitar and slept a lot. And that was the one that most assumed was like smoking pot or smoking hash off camera. And then you had a cow called Ermintrude, who was often seen chewing a flower that looked like a poppy. She yeah,
1: was always, surely there, the though. cow's not a heroin addict, man. Is that a. Was so that That's, what I'm getting at, the,
0: there? Yeah, that was the thing. Um, and the episodes are pretty trippy as well. And one of them, probably one of the most famous episodes, Dougal attended a party that he's got no memory of. And when he was at the party, he had a conversation with a banana and a pear.
1: One thing that I don't... I can't get behind is, like, when people will say something along the lines of, oh, the writers... Oh, they must have been stoned, they must have been on drugs to write that. I kind of think that takes away from... These people's creativity, you know, like I don't think the writers of the Magic Roundabout were stoned when they wrote it. Don't get me wrong, they might have liked to get a little bit high, but it's not because of that, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, it seems to get passed off quite a lot as you must have been stoned to write that, or you must have been off your head. That just takes away from these people's creativity, basically. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to make a a semi serious point here. Well, no yeah, point no, like, to make
0: it. You know what I mean, but you're right. It's you don't have to be off your head or on drugs to make a joke about drugs, and in yeah. some ways, it makes more sense not to be and to think you're being clever by putting it in. And the magic roundabout one is a lot cleverer than the reported pugwash one and stuff like that, because as a kid, you'd be watching that, you'd have no idea. You would just think sugar was sugar the rabbit just tends to be sleepy but when you look at it as an adult it does kind of make sense and it actually is quite funny and it's not offending anybody it's not encouraging that behaviour
1: it's just a little bit for any adults watching it to notice and think it's quite quite clever there were some cartoons back in the day that were adult cartoons for kids like winning and Stimpy, for example I kind of again this might be me misremembering but it was kind of dirty and vulgar other cartoons as well kicking about back then like cow and Chicken and stuff like that there was just different cartoons that were definitely not they were for children but not for children at the same time do you know what I
0: mean yeah but that a really clever cartoon in a lot of ways is one which is able to have a story kind of going through this, through the episode where children are getting one thing from it and older teenagers or adults are getting something completely different but from the same story and the Simpsons are very very good at it These shows that you mentioned were quite good at doing that as well. A kid could watch it quite innocently and enjoy it, whereas somebody a little bit older could watch it and sort of read between the lines and see the points they were trying to make. Cow and Chicken's pretty famous for that with one particular episode, which would never make TV now.
1: What episode's that?
0: They they basically had an episode where a bunch of butch um, female motorcyclists turned up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They literally ate the carpet in the place. So they ate the carpet? They ate the carpet, yeah. So For fuck's sake, There's not even any ambiguity to what they were suggesting there. And like I say, not cool. Wouldn't be allowed now. But you can see why kids watched it would be totally oblivious to it, whereas the older ones would think, ha ha, I like that. Jack, um, one of the things that we're going to do on the shows is reviews that you've spotted online, either through Trustpilot or on Amazon, because some people put some crazy, crazy stuff into reviews, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do indeed. I just need to give myself two seconds. Yeah, so Reddit is obviously a very popular website and I quite enjoy going on it and reading stuff. It's almost impossible to post on it because you need karma, and without being able to post, you can't get karma. But uh, they've got a one-star review page, basically, and I enjoy them, and I'm going to read this review to you, mate, about a film. Um, Six of 17 people found this review to be helpful from 2014. Don't rent for family movie night. Too much violence and decadence, which was overdone to promote a social agenda and was not his- historically accurate. Not appropriate for children. What film do you think they are reviewing there on Amazon?
0: <laughs> um. Okay, social agenda, decadence, not historically accurate. What's the Leonardo DiCaprio film where it was based on a book?
1: Django Unchained? No,
0: no there's... I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of Gatsby, The Great Gatsby. Is it that? Oh, no, it's um, Twelve Years a
1: Slave. Fuck <laughs> like, off. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, so they're reviewing that film and saying it's not for children. But of course it's not. <laughs> Don't give it one fucking star and the fact that six, nearly half of the people that read that found it to be fucking helpful just sort of makes me woe for decadence <laughs> yeah <laughs> decadence which was overdone to promote a social agenda right wow. okay this was by a guy called uh robert again i feel like you're a bit of a dick robert uh maybe a bit of a redneck a bit of a racist but it's not really for me <laughs> to judge i found another one star review which i found again particularly <laughs> uh, particularly good it's just entitled i peed on my phone." I thought this would be a urine-based pregnancy test, and I peed in my phone. I had to get a new phone just to give this review. Terrible. One star. <laughs> oh my god, that's an app review. That's They've downloaded like a pregnancy app or something. I and pissed on the phone. That's amazing. We'll be back we in a wee second um, to talk a little bit more about peeing, maybe. You people know a lot about trucks. Bing 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 bang China bing bing bang Obamacare bing 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 bang 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 get those lights off bing 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 China bang bang bing 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 bang <laughs> again turn off the lights talking about sort of turning off the lights what people do in the dark is it's totally up to them right myself and Colin admin. Forums, basically. Um, I've only started doing it recently. columns on it for a good few years, so we get to see almost behind the curtain and what people are quite willing to post publicly. That's just one story today. Will I let you start this one. <laughs>
0: yeah, we've broken it. Out. I've broken it down into a couple of paragraphs because there's no way one person can tell this story. Um. Usual sort of warning, supply people. This is the words of other people that are left on the internet for anyone to read. Uh, We are just bringing it to you and sharing it, but uh, it's explicit, it's got sexual content, it's got adult language in it, so um, MD kicking about with you in the car or anybody else to clear this. Just don't
1: be playing this in the car, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you had the traffic lights, the windows down, get the windows up. This was a guy, we we, we shared some sex stories from the internet last week, and this one was one that kind of followed on with that. Sorry about the terms used as well. So I'm sorry. Yeah, apologies. It's not certainly not a way any of us would speak. Um, was shagging this bird one night, getting right into it when she decides now would be a good time to stick a finger up my arse because she saw it on a porno once. So she spits on her <laughs> finger and goes poking. Now I'm not against a finger up the arse as the prostate is an amazing thing. However, a bit of warning and advanced planning is required.
1: Unfortunately, I was turtling, <laughs> which is a brilliant phrase. I had a huge shite up there and I was going to get my hole so I didn't care. Until she stuck her finger up, right into the turtle's head, decapitating the poor fucker and nearly breaking her knuckle. She pulls her finger out with a yell and there's a lump of shite attached, which immediately gives her the boat. Now this may not come as a surprise, but when you have a full load ready to drop and someone pokes it, your arse decides it's time to drop shed load And you had better get to the toilet quick Or you're carpet bombing the local area So I jump off
0: her and run to the bog My arse cheeks hitting the pan just in time For the payload to deploy and go supersonic. <laughs> sonic <laughs> Now, this happened during sex So I still had a raging hard on never, never having had a shit with one before or since I was not expecting what happened next <laughs> You know that joke, what's long, brown and smelly and starts with a pee? A jobby? <laughs> Normally flaccid and tucked down between the legs when having a shit. My erect penis took great delight in being up and free and proceeded to rain fish on a trajectory I'd never before experienced. <laughs> this trajectory would have taken it right on the back of the bathroom door if my now exit <laughs> the through said door, shit-laden finger thrust as far away from as possible
1: as she ran to be sick. I pissed all over her, <laughs> right in her face, her eyes, her mouth, all the while dropping bomb after bomb on the target below. She screamed and stopped dead in her tracks, more were in her mouth. I couldn't stop. She started, spe- <laughs> she started spewing, still holding shitty finger at arm's length. She made the sink beside the toilet. I am still shitting and pissing. She's
0: vomiting and trying to wash her finger at the same time. The bathroom is like a horrific crime scene. I finish my shit, stop pushing and just sit there, silently. I may be in love, but I'm fucked if I'm wiping my ass in front of the woman I love. She heaves up her last, turns to look at me and goes on a rant. You dirty, clatty bastard. You got shit on my finger, you pushed in my mouth, you made me spew, etc, etc, etc. I am paraphrasing, it was a while
1: ago, but you can imagine. On and on she went, until finally she ran out of breath and just stared at me, awaiting my response. You're the one that stuck a finger up my arse when I was needing a shite, was apparently not the response she was looking for. She never spoke another word that night. She showered and went back to bed. I went and slept on the couch.
0: In the morning I woke up and cleaned the bathroom. We never spoke of it again, and she never again attempted to stick a finger up my ass.
1: Kinda debated whether or not to put this in basically in our first episode. <laughs> but that's kind of where we're going, guys. You're probably not going to get a lot of podcasts in this. See if you didn't enjoy that. Fuck, it's probably not for you, guys. It's probably not for you. But one or two more that are maybe a wee bit kind of lighthearted but cool at the same time, Colin. When yeah, we're talking about... I don't kind of know why I put these in here, to be honest.
0: It's because it's because we're talking about Kids TV uh, kids and tv these, like, right, toys, okay. not <laughs> So... This is just a, a last one, and this is probably more in sync with the majority of these kind of stories. Will be they'll be more funny than disgusting. <laughs> um, I know a guy. I know a guy that would promise to take his kids into Toys R Us, but used to tell them that if the R was back to front on the logo. It meant it was closed, so they would just have to drive past and try again another time. <laughs> um, the same oh, guy used cool. to take his kids into Toys R Us when they were wee and not buy them anything because he told them
1: it was a treat to go to the Toys Zoo. every time you you go out. You can't buy your kids stuff. I don't have kids, but I imagine they cost a fortune. You can't just buy them toys all the time. So you've got to come up with some excuse and a Toys you is one of the more, one of the better ones, to be honest. I suppose so,
0: yeah. That's us again, coming up at the end of the show. I suppose it's the usual kind of call to arms and call to action that you hear every, on every podcast. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast app, be that iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is. Please go in there. Give us five stars, give us four stars, give us as many stars as you want. Leave a written review if you can be bothered. Um, if it's good, then you write something funny, we'll read it out next week. So it's a good way of getting in touch with the show. Please do that.
1: It makes such a difference to is not help more people find us. And that's what it's all about, really. I kind of feel like that last story is going to get us more one stars or just people not coming back. So. Again, apologies. Uh, we do have a website as well. If you want to go in there, it's just wrongtermmemory.com, We also have got a contact email, hello at wrongtermemory.com. Leave a written review. Email is it? Whatever. Uh, we'll read the best. And you can get us on Twitter as well. Uh, wrong term memory. Instagram. wrongtermmemory, term memory. Facebook. We're all wrong term memory, you know. So, pretty simple. Pretty simple to find. But it would mean a lot if you could if you could do it for us guys, honestly. A hell of a lot.
0: Right, so I suppose that um is the end of the show, which is apt because this is the end of the show. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday with a whole new episode for you.
1: Jack, thank you. Yeah, cheers guys, and um, we'll speak to you soon.